Farley Thompson died yesterday. The Times obit said from undisclosed causes, which as we know can mean anything. But with his history, I'd guess it was his heart. He was only 52. My God, what a life. What a shame. He and I had lost touch, and considering how close we once were, I suppose some people would find that surprising. But I know we both wanted to put it all behind us. That's what makes Barley's death so distressing, all the memories it stirs up. There were five of us in the know, more or less. His wife, Amanda, Margaret Maggie Matthews, the first woman elected President of the United States, her husband Walter, the once and future Secretary of State, and Barry Jagoda, the young newspaper reporter who got most, but not all, of the story. And then there was me, Maggie's campaign manager, Barley's conciliary and, well, witness to history, and first manipulator, as Walter took to calling me. I'd promised Barley I wouldn't write about him or what we went through together as long as he lived, and I've kept that promise. But now he's gone, and with his death the time has come, the duty, really, for me to set down what transpired in those tumultuous last days of the presidential campaign and its awful aftermath. I'm willing enough, more than willing, and not just to make sure that history doesn't repeat itself, There's a cliché for you, because we all know it does, for good and ill. It's also personal. I played a role, a critical role in those events, and I have a reputation to clear. History may or may not deserve the truth, something it seldom gets, but I deserve my own Truth and Reconciliation Commission. There were rumors, of course, and enough speculation to float a stock market, some of which came pretty close to the mark. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Where do I start? That election was hardly my first rodeo. I'd licked envelopes for Al Gore when I was scarcely 20, back in 2000. Four years later, I ran a Jefferson County, Birmingham, Alabama office for George W. Bush against John Kerry, helped Barack Obama beat John McCain in Connecticut in 08, and then in 2012, headed Romney's entire Midwest operation. A hired gun, guilty as charged. But I was never ashamed of that. A man, a person I should say, has to make a living. At least I did. And for all my love of the game, particularly presidential, I was more idealist than ideologue. To this day, I've never voted. In my line of work, a vote can come back to bite you. You didn't want to have to lie two or four years later when you were pitching your services to his or her opponent, but I digress. No matter how many rodeos, the ropes I thought I knew turned out to be poor quality thread on a cheap suit. Nothing prepared me for the bull ride that followed after Maggie asked me to pick up the pieces of her faltering campaign. By then, she trailed Senator Blaine Ward by a dozen points in the polls, which didn't matter to me. Of course, I accepted. The eight months I ran the show leading up to November were the most exhilarating of my life. Not that there weren't disappointments, setbacks, and frustrations, I'll say. But what a finish. Two weeks before Election Day, we were still eight points behind Blaine, and most of us on Maggie's staff, me included, had begun polishing our resumes. Then, with just five days to go, the third and final debate 
changed everything. 